Alright. Here it is. Again. And it's called. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. Punk rock. It's about three chords. Four if you are lucky. And Debo plays for Muffy's party. So, Rob, you feeling the spirit, the spirit of 76? Oh, man, am I ever. <laughs> now, is that because you're just 44 years late in celebrating the bicentennial? Or is it because you love the Elton John song so much? Oh. Or is it maybe because 1976 is generally considered the birth year of punk? I have to go with the birth year of punk, man. I'm, I'm sorry Elton John isn't doing it for me right now, but <laughs> no disrespect to Elton John. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Welcome to our first rundown episode of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history <sighs> of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. This is it. This, this is, is it. it. Yeah, our first, our, our first episode. Our, yeah, our first legit regular episode. Well, it's semi, it's kind of regular. It's, it's irregular. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it will. You'll, we'll, we'll hear in a second about how regular it is and how irregular it is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so um, this is, as, as we mentioned, I, I know we talked a little bit in the previous episode about what our rundown episodes are, but I'm ju we're just going to spend a couple of minutes to get a little bit more detailed. So typically, um, really in every rundown episode except for this one, we'll be tackling a three-month period. Oh, yeah. Um, and we will just run through every notable LP that was released that fits within the genre of punk or new wave. Before we get into that, let's go talk about the criteria about what qualifies and what doesn't. So we only look at LPs, so we're not looking at singles, we're not looking at EPs, we're only looking at full albums. Right. Um, studio albums, so that's no compilations, no live albums. Sadly, but you know, we gotta, we yeah. gotta draw the line. Well... The caveat is we break the rules whenever we want when, to. When we want to, right? It's right. our podcast. We could do that. So That's right. So when it comes time to talk about Stop Making Sense, we're going to talk oh. about Stop Making Sense. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Has to be English language. I apologize for that. It's just, I mean, we, we have to set some sort of parameters. If, if we did everything out there, then it wouldn't be manageable. But... We will have special episodes in the future focusing on different languages, you know, French New Wave and German mm -hmm. punk and all of that. So that's something to look forward to. But in our regular rundowns, we're only doing English language releases. Um, and then the last kind of squirreliest of the um, qualifications is it has to be New Wave or punk or post-punk. <laughs> um, so there's no way to get around the fact that this is purely subjective. 
<laughs> so we just kind of use our best judgment. Um, and it's really, it's, it's tough. Um, I, there were, there was a lot of stuff I really agonized about. Um, and we've, we've had many discussions about what to include and what mm -hmm. not to, um, and the, the timing also was in consideration. So there might be two bands that sound similar, but one of the bands came in the late 70s and the, and the other band came in like the mid 80s. And so, you know, we won't be talking about Crowded House because by the time they came about, you know, there were a lot of bands that sounded like them, and they were really kind of more pop than new wave. Uh -huh. If if they had been released in '77, we would definitely be talking about yeah. them. And by that same token, we, we will be talking about, say, the Go Go's, but we won't be talking about Madonna. Mm -hmm. For lots of reasons. <laughs> I I am the first to admit, totally arbitrary rules. <laughs> But you know, yeah, you gotta draw the line somewhere. You gotta, you gotta draw the line. Okay, so having said that, um, this rundown for today is all of 1976 because yeah. th things are just starting to get going. Nope. And yeah. so, yeah. as you'll hear, um, the music that we have today, the releases that we will look at. Um, good music, but kind kind of a motley crew of just we we've got some proto punk stuff. We uh, we're going to hear from the the godmother of punk, the godfather of new wave, and a couple um, of Zolo bands who had been around for a while that that um, later on down the road kind of slide into new wave real. Right, very comfortably. <laughs> but we do have one band that will, down the road, evolve into a genuine new wave superstar band. So oh. that's exciting. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's going to be a weird combination of music. I, well, I have to say that the playlist has really been fun because. I've listened to it probably about 15 times now. I've listened to it while I'm doing dishes. I listen to it while I'm cooking. I listen to it while I'm playing a board game. Whatever I'm doing, because I'm I'm in my house all this time right now. Yeah. Um, and and it brings on different moods, you know, because it is so different. Like yeah. I'll I'll listen to a song that's bouncier and peppier, and and then I'll hear a song that's a little grungier, and I'm, you know, it's it's a whole whirlwind of emotion. <laughs> Well, let's set the scene a mm -hmm. little bit here before we uh, jump into listening to the music. So 1976, this is what was going on in pop culture in the U.S. in 1976. Top five movies were Taxi Driver, Rocky, All the President's Men, Network, and Carrie. The top five songs were Silly Love Songs by Wings, don't Go Breaking My Heart by Elton John. Your favorite and mine. <laughs> Disco Lady by Johnny Taylor. Mm -hmm. December 1963 by The Four Seasons. And Play That Funky Music by Wild Cherry. Oh, so yeah. the scene is set for punk. 
to, to come and, and have its way with us all. The world was screaming for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Top five uh, TV shows, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, MASH, Charlie's Angels, and Six Million Dollar Man, oh, which yeah. makes me really happy that um, TV today is not... It's so much better than TV <laughs> back then. Yeah, it, it is. Barring, barring MASH, that's 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 a pretty but that's I, pretty gruesome. I list gotta say, there. in defense of 1976 television, it got much worse in the early 80s. <laughs> yeah. Also, other things happening: Apple computers was launched. Mm -hmm. The first VCRs were released. Um, we saw the first um, Ebola outbreak in Africa, and the oh, Viking man. probe lands in Mars, yeah. on Mars, not in Mars, fortunately, but on Mars. So, scene set. Now let's go into the um, notable proto-punk and proto-new wave albums released in 1976. Mm-hmm. So, first one, David Bowie's Station to Station. The truth is, is that, you know, I, I've been a David Bowie fan for a long time, but I haven't really been into David Bowie. Like, I've, I've enjoyed the songs that you know about, you know, the songs yeah. that you hear all the time, you know, Space Oddity and, and et cetera. But uh, in preparing for, for all of this, I've listened to every single David Bowie album and become like really into the guy's music yeah. like i'm into the guy's yeah. music i'm into his, his the history of david bowie the lore of david bowie the you know the mythos that he's yep. created and it's all freaking awesome i just love it yep yep well this is um this is definitely one of his better albums it's it a is. short it barely qualifies as an lp um, um it's kind of right there in between an ep and an lp um it's his 10th studio album um, you got that big old grain of salt there handy to, <laughs> yeah. uh, to take with this next bit of, of info, which is it's Rolling Stones, um, number 324th greatest album ever made. Well, yeah, I don't know. They um, say it, so it must be true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, biggest hit was Golden Years. Yeah. Um, great song. and this was, um, this was the album right before he got into his Berlin trilogy. Right. right. Um, so it's um, often referred to as being crot rock influence, like yeah. craft work and, and all that. Although I, I got to tell you, I don't hear a lot of craft work in, in the songs off of this, but you know, maybe, maybe the listeners will, will uh, spot, the influence. Uh, yeah. What song are we going to hear? Yeah, do it. Well, before I get into that, I, I yep. want to say that uh, he, uh, David Bowie, you know, he used a lot of the musicians from Young Americans, but he brought in Roy Britton, who was a member of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, to, to do keyboards, and it was it was kind of cool. Like it made a difference. Um, he also had Earl Slick on the guitars, which Earl Slick. I'm a huge fan of Earl Slick guitar. He just he just shreds it. So. Earl Slick is like he played for he played for John Lennon, he played for Yoko Ono, and of course later he played for Robert Smith. Um, and it's Earl Slick who who kind of brought up the song that I wanna I wanna play for you guys today. 
Yeah, um, I was I was um, pleased and surprised that you, this was the song that you picked. Oh, nice. Okay, that's I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So, um, so this is this is the song "Stay," and listen for Girl Slick's guitar licks. Exactly the kind of of David Bowie song that just hits my sweet spot yeah. because it's just it's kind of it's kind of odd. It just sets this this mood and, and takes you to these these kind of slightly off kilter places, but yet has its own little groove going. So this is this is prime Bowie for me. There's a there's a book out there. Um... Oh Jesus! If I can even remember the name of the book, let me not. Let me not even try. But but okay. I, I was reading a book uh, not too long ago that talked about this song as being um, uh, like the son of fame. Okay, uh-huh. they came uh-huh. out of fame. And they're like, what can we do that's like this? And and then yeah. they they created this this song. Huh. Um, that's from, that's. Funny because I always think of fashion as being the son of yeah, fame. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Well, it didn't quite catch the way they wanted it to, uh-huh. um, but I have to say, man, it. I just I love uh, Earl Slick, and I can't give total credit to Earl Slick's guitars because uh, Carlos Alomar also played guitars on that, and and they're both amazing guitarists. Um, I don't know. I'm like you. This is this is the sweet spot right here. You know, Golden yeah. Years is a great song. It's a song everybody knows. But but stay was just just it was just awesome. Great. Well, now we're really gonna switch gears here um, and talk <laughs> about a band that really I struggled with including, but they're they're just such a landmark band that. You did. Um, yeah. I remember you mentioning that, that and I'm yeah. like, no 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 no, <laughs> we yeah, gotta put them yeah. here. <laughs> and that is um, the debut album of uh, the Runaways. Uh. Um, entitled The Runaways. Yeah. So you picked the song Blackmail. I did. At, which I had never heard. I, uh-huh. I was, you know, I knew Cherry Bomb. I had seen the movie The Runaways, um, you know, that was released maybe 10 years ago. And so I, I, and I certainly knew that it was the the first band of Joan Jett. But yeah. I didn't really, wasn't that familiar with their music so I, I start listening to Blackmail, and I'm like, 
I'm getting into it. I'm feeling like, oh, yeah, okay, this is working. And then it gets to the chorus, Mm -hmm. and it gets into that boogie-woogie bass, and it just (laughs) ruins the song for me. Uh, It's like... Oh my gosh! It's uh. <laughs> you want to know a little a little secret here? Okay. Um, okay. So, you know the band comprised of comprised of Cherry Curry, Joan Jett, Lita Ford, of course, on guitar, lead guitar. Yeah. Jackie Fox plays the bass. However, Jackie Fox is credited for the bass in this, but she did not play bass on this album. It was the bass, however, was played by Nigel Harrison, who's uncredited. Nigel from the band Blondie. Oh. Well, yeah. now that really surprises me because the this the the song is feeling kind of punk to me as I'm mm-hmm. listening to it for the first time, mm-hmm. and and a little you know kind of like uh, a little timeless, and then suddenly that that baseline, which <laughs> is such a boogie woogie '70s bass, it, it kind of brings know? it down for you, doesn't oh. it? <laughs> So, so rough, but please don't let that ruin the song for everyone else. So let's, uh, let's take a listen to Blackmail by the Runaways. I feel that this is a rock song in every sense of the word, by the way. It's a punk rock song. I mean, you've got that boogie woogie, but, uh, you know, she's not crying. She's not trying to get her man back. She's saying, I know what I know what you are, and you need to, I need to, you, you need to kiss your ass goodbye. Uh, That's just. <laughs> see, I, I'm, I hear way more just hard rock, uh-huh. you know, 70s hard rock than anything punk. But. You know, it's it's got got some good riffs in it, and and uh, I would would love it except for that one bass part. <laughs> I'm I'm such a delicate flower yeah, well, when it comes to that stuff. Every, everybody's got their thing, and I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. Next, Modern Lovers. We talked a little bit about the Modern Lovers in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Too as as being sort of one of those influential bands, but now so they they had been kicking around for a while, but um, now they finally actually released an album. So uh, we and probably the two most famous uh, songs off of this album are um, Pablo Picasso, mm-hmm. which we've already heard in the last episode, and. Um, um, Roadrunner. <clears throat> so we're not going to play either of those songs. We're going to play a song you picked out called um, Someone I Care About.
So that's feeling that's feeling a little punkier, you yeah. know? We're getting we're getting some you there's there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, future punkers listened to that and went Oh yeah, I get it. All right, this is where I'm going. You know, you, you, you want to know the most punk rock thing I think about that song? What's that? It's it's that uh, it, it's that Richmond wrote a song about uh, longing for a normal, meaningful relationship <laughs> at a time when when there's all these songs about messed up relationships, which were just about sex or about you know just just hard times. And and here's this like sweet. It's still it's punk, but it's a sweet song about a real meaningful relationship i thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. all right moving on split ends okay um <laughs> so this album this album is nuts <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's crazy. called it's called second thoughts mm-hmm. and here's the 50 cent tour of um split ends <laughs> They were formed in 1972. They started in New Zealand, then they went to Australia, and then they moved to the UK. This was their second album, which included four songs off of their debut album that they re-recorded for this. Mm. Um, And it is considered one of the best examples of Zolo music. I don't know that term. Yeah, let's talk about Zolo music. So I never heard the term either. But the interesting thing is that um, it cites... Um, so I, I looked up Zolo music, and in one of the definitions of it, it cites one of my favorite albums, you know, one of my top oh. 100 albums of all time, um, Ecstasy's second album, Go To as as a good example of Zolo music. So mm-hmm. that made my ears perk up. Of course it did. <laughs> um, and so here is the definition that I found off of... So Zolo music is so obscure that there isn't even a Wikipedia page entry on it, at least <laughs> not that I could find. But I did find one, and this is the description I, I stumbled across. Zolo is characterized by hyper, jerky rhythms, synthesized bleeps and boings, polka dot percussion, chipper falsetto, (laughs) zany imagery, and a Zappa-esque sense of humor. Zappa-esque being, Mm -hmm. of course, Frank Zappa. With Bugs Bunny doing the vocals. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So this is... This album is all over the place. Um, you and I actually uh, zeroed in on exactly the same song. Of course, where we you did, can yeah. kind of uh, you can kind of hear hints of the direction that they're going to be going. Of course, yeah. um, Split Ends is most famous for really their only big hit here in the U- U.S. Um, called "I Got You," which mm-hmm. would come a couple years later, and it was like right in that that new wave sweet spot um and so we will definitely be hearing that later on you know in a future episode i uh so when i listen to this band for the first time yeah uh well again uh, i may have heard them back in the back in the day but uh, recently listening to them i thought wow this is crazy and 
it kind of reminded me a little bit of XTC, and it reminded me a little bit of Boingo Boingo, and definitely reminded me a bit of, of Frank Zappa in that, yeah. you know, that zany sound. Um, and I went and watched the video for this this next song, and they're wearing clown makeup, they're dancing all <laughs> over the, yeah. the sets, they're, they're playing like huge, uh, you know, it's like a big band orchestra. I mean, these guys are, they're pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is there is another band we're going to be talking about this episode, which was all, also cited as one of the best examples of Zolo music, but I don't want to ruin the surprise. Right. Um, so we'll circle back and talk about Zolo music a little bit later. But for now, let's listen to Lovey Dovey by Split Ends off of the Second Thoughts album. My house is sliding into the city. Hey, skies are gray. Since you've been away, the chickens aren't laying eggs no more. It can only mean you left me with a shot. But I still think of you with one. And Lord, how can I ever repay you? Just so everyone knows, pretty much every song off this album sounds has a its <laughs> own thing going on. So right. um, this is this is kind of the most new wave poppy song off the album, and there there are other there are other cuts where I you know it's like. 20 or 30 seconds into the song and I'm lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't get this at all. But, you know, interesting that there was an audience apparently out there uh, for that. And they, you know, they got a major uh, record label deal. So, you know, 70s, they were cra- crazy time. Now, did you, did you really enjoy it? I mean, did you enjoy this song? Um, I... I th- I I think it's interesting. It's yeah. I'm not gonna put it on you know one of my regular playlists to uh-huh. listen to from time to time. You know I'm glad that I I know of it now yeah. and yeah. know of this album and I feel a little like my musical knowledge is a little broader now. Yeah. I actually find myself liking it a little bit more every time I hear it. Moving on to um. The Patti Smith Group mm-hmm. with um, Radio Utopia. Ethiopia, right? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> now that I look at it, it totally is. But I've always said in my mind, Utopia, but it is e- Ethiopia. Um, so we have talked a little bit about Patti Smith. Um, she, is, she is one of those figures that I admire much more than I enjoy. So I kind of just passed this off to you as far as choosing the song. Uh-huh. And I this, this is the first Patti Smith, of course, her most famous cut, Gloria, doesn't really do much for me. But this is the first, the, the cut that you picked is the first song I've heard of hers that I actually really enjoy. Yeah. And, um, and you understand why 
um, people refer to her as the godmother of punk. Sometimes. Absolutely. I think this song is probably the song that does it because I, I've never really been a fan of hers, even though I know how important she is. I, I haven't really thought out her music, but this, this song is good. I, I think that she's, she's kind of, to me, she's kind of like the Velvet Underground in the sense mm. that it's not like really punk, like the way that I like punk, but you can see how the punk bands that I like were looking to Patti Smith and the Velvet yeah. Underground, yeah, absolutely. you know, and if, if they, they hadn't done their thing, then the bands that I like wouldn't sound the way that they sound. So totally appreciate it. Um, but this is definitely my favorite Patti Smith song so far that I've heard. It's called Pumpin'. Let's listen to it now. this song was the high energy the heavy guitar it's got this hard rock sound um and and it also it's the first patty smith song i ever liked (laughs) yeah yeah well i um in the in the 90s i was a big fan of pj harvey oh me too and you're you're here you hear a lot of patty smith and pj harvey she true yeah the way that she that pj harvey does it it resonates with me more, probably because it's a, it might be a, just a generational thing or sure. something. But let's move on to finally some new wave. Yay! Even <laughs> though they're not sounding particularly new wave on this album, they uh, will soon go on to be one of the, the, superstars of new wave pop and that's blondie with their debut album entitled blondie yeah i'm a big fan of course of blondie and i you know if i were to give a list of my favorite uh punk albums and new wave albums or punk artists and new wave artists blondie would probably straddle that line so um yeah but i i just love this album i love it yeah yeah we are um we are going to talk about Blondie a lot during the course of this um, this series, so I don't know that we need to spend a lot of time talking about them yeah. now. But um, this album, they're really, to me, they're they're trying to figure out what their deal is you know they're they're (laughs) they're trying to figure out their sound and they're Mm -hmm. they're trying a lot of different things and nothing isn't quite gelling for me but you but you can see 
um, you, you listen to this and then you listen to the, the albums afterwards and you can see the arc, you know, start. Mm -hmm. um, and they're on their way to becoming just a, a, a band that makes some of the best new wave music um, in the, you know, late 70s. So what song did you pick? So uh, I kind of wanted to go way overboard with this one. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I did. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, I just want to say, after all this talk about New Wave being, or uh, Blondie being New Wave and everything, we picked a song that, that, that there's nothing New Wave about the song nothing, at nothing, all. <laughs> nothing New Wave about it. Um, but we are, I mean, you know, this is that album that, that they're still, right now they're getting a lot of no notoriety for being kind of a punk band. So... Um, I chose Attack of the Giant Ants because I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, now this song is not even remotely punk either. I, yeah, I, I don't know not. what it is. It's, <laughs> it's Blondie being Blondie. Blondie in the future that I'm going to enjoy a lot more than <laughs> that song. I, I think it's fine, but it's yeah. not, you know, when you say Blondie, that's, it's not what I think of, um, you know, not, not the first thing that pops up into my mind. So let's move on to Eddie and the Hot Rods. Um, I, oh, yeah. So, what do you think about Eddie and the Hot Rods? Um, they they were a little hard for me to get into, and I'll be honest about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can definitely hear the punk in there, but they they were um, they were a band that were all already around. They had been around for um, a couple of years, and they were a pub rock band um, who kind of like were really close to punk and then punk became the the hottest newest thing and then they just sort of slid into it but but i i am hearing when i listened to this album it's the first time i'd listened to the full album i was only familiar with you know um the the more famous cuts like um teenage depression uh -huh. um i think that's the one that pops up in all the punk compilations which was just too pub rock boogie woogie for me but right. um but this song um you know i'm hearing some i'm hearing some clash i'm hearing some um the jam So 
what are your what uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts about this album just in general? Um, you know, it, it it seems like a transitional thing. It seems like a point where they they realize that the sound around them, music around them, is changing, and that they're kind of also trying to find a direction of where they want to go as far as the future of music is their own future. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on to the second Zolo band um, on our list today, which is Sparks. Oh, yeah. And Sparks... Uh, <laughs> another one of those bands that are really hard to describe. Um, I, you know, I was first familiar with them um, l- like into the 80s where they sound very different. I mean, the, the songwriting approach is still the same, but they're very much, by, by the time I got into them, um, they were very much like new age synth poppy, quirky synth mm-hmm. poppy thing. So I was very interested to to hear this earlier stuff by them, where it's, you know, I w- as I was listening to this album, I was going, what, um, you know, what was the the um, studio A and R guy thinking when they when they signed Sparks? You know, because they're 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 on Island Records, so it's uh-huh. it's a major label, and I'm I, so I was trying to imagine. Well, how how did they get a how did they get a major label record deal? And I think maybe the you know the label was looking towards like Queen and um, Genesis. You know, this sort of like prog rock. Um, quirky rock bands that were kind of successful and thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, these guys might have something like that. Um, And and once again, in fact, I think this album is even more Zolo as far as the description that I, I, I read to you than the Split Ends album is. I mean, this this album is I mean, there there is some funny stuff. There are uh-huh. some very funny songs. It's um, it's pretty but, zany though. But it's like the 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 songwriter, you, you know, has an intention span of like three seconds because <laughs> it's, they're just all. I mean, the, the all song the structures <laughs> are all over the place. Yeah. Nothing the vocals, wrong with that. The vocals but, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we you picked uh, probably their their most accessible song off of this album Um, and and the one that 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 sounds while it doesn't sound new wave you can hear some like um glam rock you know like Mm -hmm. roxy music uh vibes in there too so i i like this song a little bit more every time i listen to it nothing to do Nothing to do by Sparks off of the big beat.
prolific band they they put out an an album almost every year through the late 70s and in into the 80s so i if memory serves me correct i think that we hear from them almost every year um so look forward that's something to look forward to i'm i'm yeah i'm totally interested in them i mean i again i love that sound i love the the experimental sound that they yeah they give yeah off. yeah <clears throat> okay our last entry is there's no beating around the bush on this one there's no sort of oh it's kind of proto-punk <laughs> or i can hear some punk elements in there or anything it's punk it is our first true blue bona fide yeah. nothing but punk yeah. album and it is Ramones. The Ramones debut album. Yeah, by the Ramones. Um, In fact, the Ramones are thought of as being the first actual true punk band. Um, Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people say a lot of different things about, you know, who the, what was the first real punk. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But... The Ramones has got to be right up there. They're definitely up at, there. At the very top of the list as far as consensus goes. Yeah. Um, you and I have um, very different feelings about the Ramones. <laughs> you kind of love them, and I'm, I, kind of, I kind of like them. Yeah. I would yeah. say that... Every and this is not hyperbole. I think this is actually true. Every single Ramon song I've ever heard, and I've been listening to a lot of the Ramones in the last week. Um, my reaction is always exactly the same, which is, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, that's fun. I, I kind of like that." I never hate a Ramones album or mm-hmm. song. I never love. Ramones song. I just, you know, they're all kind of like, yeah, okay. I don't want to listen to ten of them in a row, but, but you know, I I like them. They're big, goofy fun. They are. Um, Well, they are big, goofy fun. That's the truth. (laughs) And and I suspect that's why you you like them because you're you're more of a fan of big, goofy fan of fun than I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Um. So the Ramones, I've got, it's funny, I've got two friends uh, who are also big fans of the Ramones. One says that uh, they are the greatest pop band he's ever heard. Mm-hmm. And um, um, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm totally there. I mean, I think they're more, they're, they're like the Beach Boys only sped up 
with yeah. fuzzy guitars yeah. and, you know, a well, little bit more aggressive, um, abrasive lyrics. As, yeah, and as you, uh, as you'll, as you'll hear, you know, there, there are those sensibilities, whether it's punk, pop, or, you know, other in, yeah. in the yeah. Ramones within the band members. So, so um, um, oh, we forgot to mention, oh, we, we are actually yes. doing um, a mini dive on the Ramones right now. Welcome to the so, mini dive. Here yeah. it is. <laughs> so I just want to say right off the bat, I am acknowledging that we should do a deep dive on the Ramones, mm -hmm. but I just didn't, I just couldn't get excited about spending an hour talking about the Ramones. Yeah. Well, and, um, and I, I deferred, I deferred to you and you, mm -hmm. you, you said, okay, that's fine. We can yeah. do a, a, a mini dive. So, and, and anyone out there who's feeling like this is a, this is a grave injustice. It's, it's all on me. It's not on Rob. Um, but, but I, I agreed to that because I feel like as integral and important as the Ramones are in the punk movement, they're so all over the place that we're not going to be able to, to avoid them. They're going to come up more and more as we, yeah. we go through this yeah. podcast. So Absolutely. you're going to hear more about them. You're going to hear, yeah. you're going to hear more, probably more of their music, but at any rate, um, you know, I'll try to touch on some really key elements, the Ramones <laughs> while we're going through this, because I do think there are things that we all would like to know about them. So, okay. Well, here, here are a couple of, um, important or maybe not so important facts about the Ramones first album mm -hmm. Rolling Stone magazine our favorite um, oh, yeah. consider this album the greatest punk album of all time number one on their list yeah really I think it's a cop out because you know they beat out that other great album that was number 322 yeah. <laughs> it's um, you know it's well, this is this is punk albums of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, of course. You know, it's the first. It's really the first legitimate punk album to be released, and it was very influential. So you mm. understand why they they rated. I, I don't. I don't know that I've ever talked to anybody who actually thinks that it's the greatest punk album ever made. <laughs> yeah, not even that, me, and I really like just, this band a lot. That just sounds crazy to me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. Um, and um, they also consider Blitz... Blitzkrieg... Oh, I'm blanking out. Blitz Blitzkrieg Bop. Bop. Mm -hmm. um, the 92nd greatest song of all time. The 92nd so, greatest song. Yeah. Boy, that's... So there's that. <laughs> cool. Um, so what uh, what song do you want to hear off of this album? Uh, I want to hear all kinds of songs off of this album, I but I, I had do. to narrow it down to one. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, listen to Beat, Beat on the Brat. Beat on the Brat, Beat on the Brat, Beat on the Brat with the baseball bat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, ho. Beat on the brat, beat on the brat, with the baseball bat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh. oh. 
So we, we should mention that um, Blitzkrieg Bop, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend, and Beat on the Brat are the three probably most famous songs yeah, off for of sure. this album. And and incidentally, my, my very first, um, like when I was first aware of the Ramones, was through Stephen King. Oh, so interesting. That's that's when I, because Stephen King loves the Ramones. And he does. Refers, refers to them in a, in a lot of his novels, which yeah. I, you know, was reading in middle school before I even knew what punk was. Um, so and uh, so I was like, oh, this Ramones band. I wasn't even sure that they were a real band, but. <laughs> Little tidbit uh, for Stephen King fans and Ramon fans is that uh, Stephen King wrote the liner notes to uh, "We're a Happy Family," the uh, the tribute album to Ramon. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He wrote yeah. the liner notes to that. So um, the their debut album was released in '76, '77. They come out with their second album, "Leave yeah. Home." This is a considered another of their classic albums. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting about about Leave Home is that they wrote this album like right after they completed Ramones. And they were hoping that it would show their progression as songwriters, as musicians and vocalists, <laughs> and 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 that the pr production value would also seem like it had been progressing. So, so that's <laughs> that's where they were going with that. I mean, they they literally wrote started writing it right after. I don't know if that's the thing the, to to go. Hey, look how how we're improving. You, you know. <laughs> yeah, it sounds. You know, I mean, the Ramones always sound exactly like the Ramones. That's, that's that's what okay. I have to say. That's the truth. <laughs> okay. So, what song do you want to hear off of this album? Um. Well, I I actually chose a song that that I really like and that um I think there's a lot of talk about it. It it's it's I think it's a well known uh, song, but I, I I do think that that it's a song worth listening to. This is this is Pinhead on Believe Home. I don't wanna be a beanhead no more. I just met a nurse that I do go for. I don't wanna be a beanhead no more. I just met a nurse that I do go for. The Ramones weren't done with uh, 1977 because no. they released their third album um, in November of 77. Two albums, actually three albums in a little over a year, year mm -hmm. and a half, um, Rocket to Russia. And Rocket to Russia was, I think Rocket to Russia was... Was a good album, but uh, also off of Sire Records, I should say. They they stuck with their record label for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pre I'm pretty much all the way through the '80s, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you picked China is a punk rocker, and if yeah. there was if there was ever like an exhibit A 
as to uh, why the Ramones are the Beach Boys only sped up with fuzz guitars. This mm-hmm. is the song. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, this song intentionally is cribbing from the Beach Boys, but it just yeah. illustrates my point of, you know. So I'm not crazy about the Beach Boys, so I guess because of that, I'm not crazy about the Ramones. About the Ramones. And the Beach yeah. Boys were a big influence on the Ramones, I'll yep. have to say. They, they, they were. But I did pick Sheena as a punk rocker, and... Uh, Part of that has to do with with um, my daughter. I mean, I've got I've got some like warm feelings for some Ramon songs. In that, uh, when when Rhiannon was uh, a baby and a toddler and growing up, we listened to a lot of Ramones, and she loved them. I mean, she you know she was two years old, just rocking out to them, and and this is one of those songs. So. the release of um, an album that includes the song I Want to Be Sedated, which Rolling Stone magazine considers (laughs) the 144th greatest song of all time. Yeah. (laughs) The album is called Road to Ruin. Um, I have nothing to say about this album. It sounds very familiar at this point. Yeah. Um you know it it was their uh it was their first record featuring their new drummer Marky Ramon. Um and uh this is it 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 is a bit different than the last 3 in the sense that uh you can kind of hear that something is changing, like there is a transition, there's a movement going on. Um and it really did have to do with like, you, you know, I don't want to say personalities changing, but but there's a shift because now they're they're missing Tommy, Tommy mm-hmm. Ramone. Okay, so and the band was going under a lot of stress because they were touring like crazy, they were just on the road all the time. So, but Road Road to Ruin is is their '78 album, um, and uh, they. I don't know. I, as far as as far as their singles, they had they had some singles, and I know we're not going to go into them. But uh, this, they these guys covered, like on every album I think that they've done, they have a cover. They they mm-hmm. they cover somebody else's music. Um, I mentioned the two friends. One says that the Ramones is the greatest pop band he's ever heard. The other says that uh, they're the greatest greatest cover band he's ever heard. So, <laughs> um, but one of their big singles was Needles and Pins, which was also a cover. And then the Ramones took a year off, at least as far as releases go, because Mm -hmm. um, it is not until 1980 um, that we see the release of um, End of the Century, 
um, which uh, features uh, the song Rock and Roll High School. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, was the title of the movie Rock and Roll High School, which featured the Ramones. Yeah, big deal. Which is big, goofy fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very important film in my life. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it I, I think I've seen it a couple of times over the years. And, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's very 70s. Yeah, it is. Very 70s, you know, teenagers going so, wild type movie. End, end, of the, uh, end of the Century is actually uh, produced by Phil Spector. Oh, and okay. Yeah, I mean, All isn't right. that weird? So yeah. apparently Phil had been trying to produce them for a while, which mm -hmm. kind of strikes me as funny. Yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, if you can get any more mainstream than Phil Spector, then I don't know what it is because this is, this is the thing. And, and Phil, so again, this is, you know, Phil Spector, this is where they started to really kind of hit the big time or hit the, hit the mainstream audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in my opinion, it made him a little less punk, you know, but. Well, I, I, I know that um, the first three albums are really considered the classic Ramones albums. Right. Um, so those the, those are the albums that are referenced, you know, the most uh, when people talk about the Ramones. 1981, they released Pleasant Dreams. Pleasant Dreams. Um, they, I guess the, the probably the most famous um, song off this album is the KKK Took My Baby Away. By the way, that song was awesomely covered by Marilyn Manson on that big tribute album. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Really um, good. I want to listen to um, the song We Want the Airwaves just yeah. because um, I, was, I was surprised to hear this song. I mean, it still sounds very much like the Ramones, but they're, you know, they're trying a new sound. They're, I, I don't think they were successful commercially, but you can hear them going... Hey, this new wave thing, you know, they're they're that's really popular. Let's do something a little more new wavey, a little bit more pop. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, I appreciate that that they. I mean, they don't they don't go too crazy as they, far they as don't, changing right. their sound, but. Right. But you know, it was. I was surprised to hear that this, this this sounds like a really serious attempt for them to get a little bit more mainstream attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and that's that's definitely true. Um, but Joey was more the pop guy. He liked yeah. the pop sound. Johnny liked the hard rock sound. And uh, at any rate, what you get is you know pleasant dreams. And we want the airways.
three. Now, now I think we were kind of running a little short on time, so we're just going to power through some of these. Um, mm -hmm. um, Subterranean Jungle is uh, released in 1983. Any comments about this album? You know, it... Uh it mostly had some good reviews. Uh, it didn't chart internationally, but, um, you know, as far as, uh, as music, I mean, they had three really good covers. I need your love time has uh, time has come today and, um, a little bit of soul. Um, the, the band members were struggling, but they were holding together. And I, I have to say, man, when you got a band that's, that's, crazy popular like the Ramones all of a sudden and, and there's the world is thrown at their feet. They I'm surprised they held together as long as they did, but but this was the result of all that tension. Uh nineteen eighty four, Too Tough to Die. Yeah. This is the uh, first album to feature Richie Ramone on the drums. Okay. Um uh Tommy Ramone, even though he'd he had kind of been out of the picture up until now came back to produce this album and uh, this was kind of a return to their roots so they sounded more like they did with uh with their first album mm -hmm. um there's some pretty hard guitar riffs and uh this is i think the first time Dee, Dee ramone performed in lead vocals so and then in 1986 they released animal boy animal boy and that this that uh, features the last song we're going to listen to um, today by the Ramones called Crummy Stuff. And I yeah. picked this song because uh, I'd never heard it until I was researching for the show. And um, as I was listening to this, I had a bit of a revelation about the Ramones. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to this and I was going, oh, this is a kid song. In fact, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if, if you told me, you know what, this was written by, you know, wh whoever wrote it, they wrote it singing to their daughter or niece or whatever, trying mm. to get them to eat their vegetables, and the original song was yummy stuff, but the, they just tweaked the lyrics a little bit so it was, you know, would fit uh, more on a Ramones album. But this is yeah. like a, this is very much a kid's song, uh, a good kid's song, but you know, so let, let's listen to it and then I'll talk about it a little bit more. Sure. I had enough, I had it tough, I had enough for that crummy stuff, I had enough for that crummy stuff. I was listening to this I went oh I get it now the Ramones they make song they make kid songs for adults <laughs> yeah that's, I mean, that's, that's probably pretty, that's pretty you know, accurate <laughs> and um and like what you were saying before about um uh, Sheena is a punk rocker and your mm -hmm. two-year-old daughter just loving mm -hmm. that song that's kind of, you know, and so that makes me, I, I just feel like I kind of get them a little bit more. Now I feel like I kind of get the joke a little, yeah, little yeah. bit more. I don't want to so. misrepresent her. She did love that song, but I still have to say her 
favorite song is I Want to Be Sedated. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but probably but yeah, not as a two-year-old. Not as a two-year-old. No. Um, you know, interesting thing about this is that uh, they they had a song on the album, uh, Something to Believe in, right? Which is, I think, kind of a big, it's a, it's a more popular song. Um, I, I the, actually am familiar with that song. I'm also okay. um, familiar with um, the Pet Cemetery. Oh, Pet Cemetery, yeah. 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 So, uh, Something to Believe in had this, I remember the big music, the music video was all over TV. Um, and it parodied the benefits Live Aid and Hands Across America, which the Ramones thought weren't going to do anything anyway, and they ultimately failed to do what it was they were supposed to do. But mm-hmm. the, the the video to this, Something to Believe in, is pretty pretty interesting when you think about it. You go back and look at it. You know, you go back and watch it. So. Okay, well, that puts us up through 86, which is kind of our time, our... our mm-hmm time range um, that we cover, but we should mention that the Ramones would continue on um, uh, releasing albums through 1985, so they actually released five more albums between 1987 and 95. So they had basically, in 93, they did an album called Acid Eaters, and it um, it had some really interesting... Uh, cameos on it. I guess you can call them cameos. Um, they they covered. It was an all cover album. Okay, all of the songs were covers. They covered the Beach Boys, who of course, I mean, you know, they had to. Yeah. Um, they covered the Who, the Rolling Stones, and it featured backup vocals by Pete Townsend, uh, Skid Row, Sebastian Bach, and Tracy Lords. Which I okay, you know. probably the only time those three people were in the room at the same time, <laughs> even though they probably weren't actually in, a in room the same at room the same at the same time. time. But, <laughs> but in my so, head they were. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so that album was was really interesting. Um, they it, "Adios Amigos," which is their last song. Um, we had the return of Dee Dee Ramone, who came back to sing a bridge on the closing track, Born to Die in Berlin. Now, I said, you, I, I remember you said we weren't going to talk about songs in German. He just sang the bridge of that song in German, but he delivered it over the phone. And oh, you could nice. Tell it. <laughs> so, okay. so that's it. All yeah. the way up to 1995, the Ramones. Cool. So that is our mini dive on the Ramones. Um, I have a little um, little surprise for you, Rob. Oh. So, yeah. So um, for all the listeners, just to bring you up to speed, Rob fought really hard to get um, Blitzkrieg Bop um, featured. <laughs> I did. I and wanted it. He, he really tried. He tried to even, well, anyways... Um, but I tried I, to sneak it in. Yeah, he tried to sneak it in a couple of times, and I, I kind, I vetoed it because I felt like, you know, it was if there was one song that everybody was already familiar with by the Ramones, it was gonna be that song, and I, I just felt like since we only have a lim- limited time to listen to songs, that we should do some some deeper cuts, um, but. Having said that, I, I, 
Rob's love for Blitzkrieg Bop shall not be <laughs> squashed. So Aww. I I propose that we um, when when we go out uh, uh, for the end of this episode, we go out on Blitzkrieg Bop. Oh, thank so, you. So we will do that, <laughs> but we have um, a little bit of housekeeping to do uh, before we end sure, the episode. Yeah. Tell us about. Uh, how people can get a hold of us, Rob. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they can get a hold of us. Uh, we we want to hear your comments, but uh, we don't want anything derogatory. You know, we, we mess up and we know you mess up. Um, and, uh, I mean... And and we don't we don't have a problem with you correcting us. Cor- right, just, we don't. Just constructive don't, criticism. Don't call us names; it hurts yeah. our feelings. It does. Um, we're very we're sensitive guys. Yeah. Come on, just be, um, just, you know, just be civil and civil. Um, express your opinion. We also uh, want to hear your thoughts. We want to you know we we're having a good time doing this, and we hope people we hope people are having a good time listening. So uh, you can get a hold of us at deepdives.deepcuts at gmail.com. And you can catch us on Facebook right now, Deep Dives and Deep Cuts. Uh, we'll be there posting pictures and uh, posting, you know, links or, or letting you know what's coming up or, some, you know, when, when the podcast is dropped. Also, uh, you know, we want to know what people think of us. So um, unless you just think we're horrible and then we don't care. But, cool. but get a hold of us that way. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up in the next couple of episodes. Mm, yeah. Really excited. So this was our first rundown episode. Um, yeah. The first Sunday of next month will be the first regular rundown episode, meaning yeah. the first three months of 1977. We're going to uh, see a few familiar faces. We'll examine the first three UK punk LPs. Very excited about that. Um, and... We'll talk about the debut solo album from a prog rock god who will later go on to become a formidable figure in both the new wave and pop movements of the 1980s. You just gave me chills. Yeah, that's something to look forward to. But before that, we'll be releasing our first deep dive Mm -hmm. um, episode. And, of course, every deep dive takes a look at one of the bands that we've covered in the rundown episode. So, Rob. Yeah. The very first deep dive is on... Blondie, of course. Yeah. What? I'm serious. We're finally going to get into some legit new wave. (laughs) You mean legit legit punk rock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, but but this is so so we're finally going to listen to some like flat out yeah classic new oh, wave man. songs. I am so, so stoked. I've you know the last couple of episodes I've enjoyed the 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 music we've been listening to, but it's not not really scratching my itch for some like legit flat yeah. out bona fide new wave. So yeah. I am real, and both of us have um, some very strong opinions about Blondie, so. <laughs> Do you think? So, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, Rob, we got our first rundown under our oh, belt. Man, that was great. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for, yeah. uh, thanks for doing this. 
Okay. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. So, Joseph, I think there's something that we really should m- mention to our listeners for this podcast. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, that's um, that's exactly what these hidden tracks are for, well, covering yeah. up our mistakes. <laughs> y- yeah, right. Uh, and, and it's a big thing we really should mention, um, is that at the end of the episodes, they'll be able to find on the notes, when they go back and look at the, the show notes for the podcast, they can find that playlist to all the music that we've played. That's right. So we have listened to some great music today, but only a small section of each song. So I know that you're going to want to go and listen to the entire song. So uh, just click on that link. It'll bring you to the Spotify playlist, and you can listen to the whole songs back-to-back. Boy, okay, so we've got... A lot of stuff that we want to cover in this hidden track today, don't we, Rob? Uh, you know, just a few points, really. <laughs> we, we wanted to mention that, um, so we are, as we record this, our first episode is up. And um, we are now in iTunes and we are on Spotify, so you can find us there. If you like what you hear... And you want to do us a solid, if you wouldn't mind spending a couple of seconds just going to iTunes and giving us a rating, that would be so helpful because that will help other people who have interests similar to yours to find us. They'll be able to spot us. And, you know, we've gotten our first five-star review already. You know what? I was just just talking to a friend and I was like, oh, well, we're not up on iTunes yet. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you are. I'm looking at you right now and you got a review. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A five star. So go to that section. Give us a little note, a heads up, say, hey, I like the episode or here's maybe here's something that, uh, you know, you didn't know about this band that you covered or maybe, you know. Yeah. So, um, boy, boy, we got a lot of stuff to cover here, don't we? (laughs) What's next, Rob? What's next? Well, uh, I think a point that we missed in oh, talking yeah. <laughs> in talking about David Bowie. Um, you know, we <laughs> David Bowie actually holds uh, a high seat on our um, hierarchy of, of musicians. He is what we call the Godfather of New Wave, and we mentioned the Godfather of New Wave quite a bit. I don't know that we ever 
attributed it to David Bowie yet. <laughs> That's right. So we teased we we teased it a couple of times. I think we did at the end of the last episode, the beginning of this one, that we were going to listen to something from the Godfather of a New Wave. <laughs> But then when we got to David Bowie, we didn't actually refer to him as Godfather of New Wave. So yeah. it's official. When we talk about the Godfather of New Wave, we're talking about David Bowie. Keep that in mind. <laughs> what hey, else? Um, so I'm sure at this point listeners have noticed um, our little um, intro montage at the beginning of the, ep- the very top of the show. So what what we do is each episode we we come in with a music clip from one of the songs that we'll be featuring, but we have little sound bites in there. We have a little sound bite collage, yeah. um, and that is going to kind of that will probably slowly evolve. But that even though the music is going to change every episode, that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, montage there of go, little yeah. sound clips will stay basically the same. But I want to just put it out to our listeners. We are looking for good little two or three second little sound bites that we can add to this collage so that eventually it becomes like the the ultimate 70s, 80s, punk new wave little garden of sound bites. I like you know, that. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, something maybe from a movie or TV or even from a song, just as long as there's no music in the background. So, right. as you may have noticed, we've got, right now, we've got, like, something from TV. We've got a promo from Square Pegs talking about Devo, and we've got oh, a little... Nice thing from um, an episode of Quincy. Um, We've got, you know, uh, 1-2-X-U and uh, Tin Roof Rusted by the B-52s. Yeah. So if you guys can think of little sound bites that, to you, encapsulate the 70s and early 80s new wave punk thing, you know, if they mention a band maybe or or something, let us know because we're racking our brains for more good little sound bites. That's right. I, I have to say so far it's really well put together. It sounds great. We are recording this in during the summer of 2020. So if you're listening to us now, then my this suggestion isn't going to do you any good. But if you're new to the podcast and it's five years down the road or 10 years or 20 years or whatever, I have a suggestion about how you might want to listen to this series. And this is how I would do it mm-hmm. um, if if I had the opportunity to do it. If you want the purest experience, particularly if you're a youngster and you, you're not really familiar with this music and, and you want the, the best possible experience of, of discovering this kind of music and how it evolves and who inspires who, I suggest that you listen to only the rundown episodes first. 
so that you get a really pure arc of how this music evolves. And then you can go back and listen to the deep dives. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so what that means is every episode where it's just a number, so episode one or episode two, but not episode 1A or episode 2A, and then you can circle back once you've got the full experience and go into the deep dives for the bands uh, you like. So just an idea. That's how I would do it. I, I have to say that I'm really excited. As a listener of podcasts, I really want to hear this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think our work here is done. Hopefully they found this hidden track. Um, I did let leak to somebody who was listening to the podcast that there's hidden tracks. So uh, I know yeah. some people out there are staying in there and hanging in there and listening to the end. Um, so anyway. Well, uh, I, I think a lot of people are like me where when I'm in the middle of a project, I just queue up several podcasts one after another so and let them play yeah i just let them play so yeah. i i don't think that these these are going to be too hard to find i agree with that all right well, everybody a have a good one